Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome to Liverpool One Church's online service. And just from Emma and I and from all of our staff and team, we just want to say a huge big welcome because we're so glad, we're delighted that you are joining us today. And however you've come across us, whether it's just on your mobile device, sitting off in your bedroom or watching it on a TV screen on YouTube with all the family, we just want you to know that we are glad that you're here with us for Church Online. Yeah, it's great that we have technology. It's awesome that we are still able to connect. And I think it's great that the future is starting to look brighter. Lockdown is beginning to ease ever so slightly. So who knows what the next few weeks and months is going to bring, right? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we want to say this from the off. Like if you're part of our Liverpool One Church community, whether that's online or physically you've been involved with just kind of doing church and life with us, we want you to know that you are at the forefront of our minds and of our prayers daily. Like we miss you guys and we are praying for your health and for your protection and that God would just be with us all throughout this season. But for now, we are doing church online. So we're just mindful of there being something that happens in the medical profession daily that actually, if we were to learn some lessons from this, it would really affect and positively impact our faith life. And it's based around the idea of this. If you get sick, one of the things that the medical staff and professionals, all the doctors and nurses will look out for in your physical body are something called vital signs. In fact, there are four vital signs that if you're ever admitted into a hospital or an A&E department, that the medical staff kind of go forensic on early on. Like they want to know what are the signs and the signals, what are the gauges in your physical body telling us about how your current state of health actually is. And it gives them so much information, right? But what's fascinating to me is that in the same way that your body gives off these vital signs that can help us determine how healthy your physical body are, well, we believe that there are spiritual vital signs as well that can kind of point towards you being spiritually healthy or even potentially spiritually sick. In fact, you could say it like this. There are a couple of signs that you can look at that will really determine how you're doing on your journey of faith. And I don't know about you, but for me, this is so important for two clear reasons. You should pay attention to your like spiritual vital signs, because firstly, you would want to know if you're getting spiritually sick, right? In the same way that if you were getting physically unwell, you would want to know what the signs are. Well, exactly the same can happen in your faith life too. You would want to know what is your faith life telling you about your spiritual um, wellness in this season. So you want to know that so you can figure out where you are. But secondly, it's really important to me because I think we'd all agree because of what James, who was the brother of Jesus, says. In fact, he writes this in James 5. He says, if you know people who've wandered off from God's truth, then whatever you do, don't write them off, but go after them and get them back. In other words, it's our job too to be continually looking out for those that are displaying spiritual vital signs that might point to them not being in a great place so that we can go after them and help them. So today we're going to be talking about some of the vital signs 
that we should be looking at if we want to stay spiritually healthy. So, and what do you think? Because I guess there are many things that we could talk about, but there's probably four things that we should be talking about. Yeah, and I think it's really important just on the back of what you've said there, Luke. It's really important to know that at any time that there's change on the horizon, there are always signs. There are always signs in the weather when there's going to be a change. There are always, you know, they say, don't they, like a red sky at night means it's going to be a nice day tomorrow. You can tell when the clouds change, the atmosphere changes, the weather is about to change. And it is so true. It's the same in our physical health. It's the same in our spiritual health. And I have loved just looking into this topic. And um, for me, I think one of the biggest signs that there is something changing within your spiritual health is your appetite. You know, as a mother, I used to be able to identify with my children when they were smaller. If they were unwell, the first thing they would lose is their appetite because growing kids always have a healthy appetite, right? Yeah. And um, isn't it strange how the word of God always refers to us as being his children? The word of God never refers to us as being the adults of God or even the young adults. He always calls us his children. And therefore, if we're his children, we should always be growing. And in order to be growing, you need to be feeding yourself. And so appetite, if you lose your appetite for the word of God and the things of God, I think that is a spiritual um, sign that things are perhaps out of balance within you. The other way that we can also lose our appetite is when we substitute good food for junk food. (laughs) Although I quite like that. Yeah, everybody likes junk food, right? Because junk food feels great in the moment. It feels tasty on the lips. It's pleasing. But half an hour later, what happens? You're hungry again. It's true. And so what junk food is, it's 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 this substitute that feels good in the moment, but it actually has no nutritional value to sustain you. And so um, it, there's all sorts of stuff that we can take into our life that is a substitute for the word of God. I think the other thing that can cause us to have a loss in appetite is when we have issues in the heart. You know, in the natural, if you are worried or if you are stressed or if you are in grief or fear, it causes you to lose your appetite. And in the same way, spiritually speaking, we can have issues in our heart that cause us to lose our appetite. Yeah. So if you are losing your appetite, it could just be that that is a vital sign that maybe things just are not on an even keel with regards to your faith life. So if you're not feeling like you've got an appetite for the word of God, for example, like creating a moment in your day, all of a sudden it can be one of those lights that flash on the dashboard of your life that lets you know, like maybe things aren't so great with you in terms of how you're following Christ. I think for me, one of the clear signs as well are when you lose your energy, because like when you're sick, all of a sudden you get really lethargic. You don't feel like doing anything. You don't want to be around anybody. I think that that's a really clear, vital sign as well, that if you're exhibiting can really point towards there being some kind of spiritual problem for you ahead that's in your future. It can point towards maybe some kind of walking away from your relationship with God if you feel like 
you've just got zero energy because you know that way that when you're sick physically and you climb into bed and you just pull the duvet covers right up over your head and you curl up in a ball and you're not interested in like doing anything, seeing anybody, you don't want anyone to call you, you certainly don't want anybody to come round. All you're interested in doing is maybe like just vegetating and watching Netflix and you just want to stay warm and stay cozy and you don't want to do anything. Well, actually, it's just as possible for you to lose your energy in your fellowship of Jesus too. It's really possible for you to just feel like you've got no energy for the things that were once so key and fundamental for your fellowship of Jesus. So for example, you, you can just lose your energy and your enthusiasm and you can become lethargic about even going to church. I mean, okay, granted, right now, it's true, not many of us get to physically go to church anymore, but it's only a season. And right now, though, we are still committed as a family to making sure that we are turning up online every single week. And we would encourage you guys to do the same. But then when we get back to meeting physically, like, don't let your attendance at church be peripheral to your world, but rather let it be central. Because if you find you're losing your energy to just being in church, being in worship, listening to the word of God spoken, being around the other followers of God, I would say that that's a sign that things aren't all that healthy in your walk with Jesus. So make sure you keep a check on your energy, because for me, Church is so important, like being part of a local, committed, gathering followers of Jesus. It's so important to me because it's it enables me to stay focused on God. It enables me to face life's problems and it creates a place for me to find a place where I actually feel like I can make a difference. Like when I'm committed to being a volunteer in church or I'm serving on a team, I feel like this is where I can make a difference. And then it makes so much sense because even Luke writes in Acts 2, he says, those who believed and were baptized were added to, not a gathering, were added to, not a community, but were added to the church. In other words, for Luke, being part of a local church was so important because you probably can't make it on your own. So check your gauges. How are you doing when it comes to your energy levels? So good. Um, For me, I think the third point would be weight. Uh, Like, how did I get appetite and weight? Mine's all about food. Um, But carrying excess weight in the natural can cause you some health issues, right? Like, if they're not causing you a health issue today, it will cause you a health issue one day in your future. When you are carrying um, unnecessary weight. It's usually because you've been indulging in food that tasted good in the moment. You know what they say, a taste on the lips puts an inch on the hips. And so <laughs> it's usually because you've been indulging in food that tasted good in the moment, but had very little nutritional value at all. And therefore, that thing that you took, that that um, fast food, that greasy food, those sweet and sugary treats that you enjoyed in the moment, they're now sitting on the inside of you and they're going to cause you to expand and grow in all the wrong ways. And you know, the same can be said for us spiritually speaking as well. 
When you partake in conversation that is unhelpful, when you partake in conversation that is slightly negative or biased down or is an area of gossip, then you have just taken in and partaken in eating junk food. And that junk food is going to cause you to carry excess weight. And at some point in your future, that's going to be noticeable because we're going to see the changes coming from the inside out. For example, unforgiveness is excess weight. Offense is excess weight. Bitterness is excess weight. And these are all incredible problems that actually when they're under the surface or even in isolation, maybe it can be the kind of thing that can go unnoticed for a while. But eventually these things can take you out in your faith. And we don't want that for you. You don't want that for you. So we've got to be observant of these vital signs that can take us off track in our fellowship of Jesus. The fourth and final thing, though, I'd say that we've got to watch out for and we've got to protect and we've got to use as like a gauge, a flashing light on the dashboard of our life is we've got to look at and consider our mindset. Like, how are you doing in your thought life? Like, how's it all going up there? Yeah. Proverbs 4.23 says this, be careful how you think for your life is shaped by your thoughts. I mean, it's almost like, isn't it, that the God of creation, everything seen and unseen, was aware way back then of all the truth that we know of today now. Because we think that computers are smart and intelligent, right? But all of those are created by this incredible piece of kit, this fantastic organ that that God has placed within each and every one of us. In fact, do you know that the human brain, it has the ability to store the equivalent of 2.5 million gigabytes worth of data. Now, just think about that for a moment. I mean, like my iPhone, I think can store, I don't know, maybe 250 gigs worth of data, right? I mean, you can keep quite a lot of information on that device. My iPad, maybe something similar. My MacBook, something similar, maybe even more, maybe even a terabyte of data. Well, your human brain can store 2.5 million gigabytes worth of data or the equivalent thereof. I mean, it's just incredible. In fact, if your brain was to be turned into a computer, it would be the size of the Pentagon. (laughs) I mean, just think about that for a moment. Your brain within it has got 100 million nerve cells. Each individual cell is then connected to 10,000 neurons. I mean, like, Your brain is this incredible piece of kit and you've got to protect it. Like you've got to protect your thought life. Because do you know that you speak to you at a rate of 1,300 words per minute? Like normal conversation can run at about 150 to 200 words per minute. minute. Is that that everyone or is it... A little bit more for the women. <laughs> yeah, I think that like I would speak at about 100 words per minute. My wife, maybe 89,000 per minute. But, but, but the truth is, is that no matter how fast you speak, you're always speaking to yourself at a significantly and substantially increased rate. Yeah. So the way that you talk to yourself, even about your faith life, counts. Yeah. 
It counts for just so much. And the reason why I say that is because, especially when you've been a Christian for a number of years, it's really easy, if we're honest, to just get critical about stuff, about people, about things. And I don't know how helpful that is for each and every one of us. If we're going to be really honest, although I'm sure it's never affected you, and maybe it's only me, but it's even easy to be critical about church or about the guy that's speaking. Oh, I didn't like that, but I like that. That was okay, but only that when was you speak. yeah, of course, right? <laughs> yeah, but when you're doing it, everybody loves it. I get it. But the truth is, it's like it's so much easier to be a food critic than it is to be a Michelin star chef. Yeah. It's so much easier to be a film critic than it is to be the director of the film. And in the same way that as you follow Jesus, as we all follow Jesus together, I think that we've got to learn the art of taking control of our thought life. Because if we don't, it's really easy for things to slide and become so, so negative so, so quickly. It's almost like we've got to do what Philippians encourages us to do, which is to fix your thoughts on that which is true and good and right. Think about all the things that you can praise God for. But I guess that knowing these vital signs are one thing, but at some point, we've also got to be able to do something that's going to help us on our journey of faith, which is to say, well, what is the, what is the fix? What is the response if maybe you see some of these vital signs going off on the inside of you or for people that you love that are around you, what are we supposed to do with them? So I guess in answer to that um, and to answer how would we fix our appetite, how do you increase the appetite? And for me, I think very practically, and that is in the same way when you've been ill or you've been off your food, you don't start by having a roast dinner. You just start with something basic like toast or a, or a biscuit. And I think sometimes we overface ourselves with the word of God. And that's why we don't always feel like it because we, we read in huge chunks and we don't understand it. And I would always encourage somebody to go and read a psalm or go and read a proverb, something that's just going to pick your spirits up a little bit. Just a small verse. It's not about the um, quantity of the Bible that you read. It's about the quality. Take one small verse and digest it. Learn it. Understand it. See what God wants to say to you from it. It's not a book that you just read and get to the end of and then you're done. But the, the word of God is a living word of God. And therefore, every time you take something in, it's got something new it wants to say to you. And um, I'm reminded as well, you know, we often feel like the stuff that's not good for us. And we don't feel like the stuff that is beneficial to us because as human beings, we are based off our feelings. But here's the deal. When my kids were small and they needed to eat carrots and broccoli and there would be a tantrum every tea time, I as a mum had to get creative in the way that I fed them their vegetables. I would peel them, chop them, blend them, mash them, mush them, mix them in with things, hide them in food that they did not even know contained their vegetables because I knew that they had to get that goodness inside them. And sometimes you just got to get creative in the way that you take in the word of God. It's like you don't just have to sit down and exegete the Bible every time you go to read it. 
But now we have so many different um, facilities available to us. We can jump on YouTube. We can listen to a podcast. We can go back over the messages from Liverpool One Church and we can listen to them at our leisure online. We can download the Bible and, and listen and, and listen to it through audio yeah. rather than having to read it. We can put on our worship music because that is the word of God put to song. You can get with a group of your your friends and you can do a small gathering or a bible study or talk around one scripture there is just so many creative ways for you to find your appetite again in the word of god in psalm 119 verse 130 on verse 131 david said these words he said mouth open and panting i wanted your commands more than anything that's how God wants us to feel about his word like I'm hungry like I'm getting up this morning and I and I just need to open my word I want to know what God has for me today and here's the deal just because you desire something we've already mentioned this just because you desire something doesn't mean the thing you desire is good for you and so we really have to watch our feelings um We often crave the sugary stuff and the sweet stuff, but it has no long-term benefit. And I think when it comes to choosing whether we um, digest the word of God or whether we do not, we have to look at our life and go, what do I want my future to look like? What do I see ahead of me? Because I want to put something in me today that's going to set me up for a better tomorrow. And there was... um, There was a story in the Bible in the book of Genesis around two brothers called Jacob and Esau. And Esau was the older brother and the oldest brother had what's known as a birthright. What it meant was that he had the inheritance and the blessing of the father. And one day after Esau had been out in the fields for a, a long day hunting, he came back and Jacob had been at home being the, the Gordon Ramsay of the house and he'd chefed up a little pot of stew. And Esau was so hungry, he said to Jacob, give me the stew. And this little bit of a tete-a-tete went on. And in the end, Esau sold Jacob. He gave him, I'll give you my birthright. I'll give you my inheritance. I'll give you everything that's in my future just to please and satisfy my stomach today. And we can be so guilty of doing that when we participate in the junk food, when we sell ourselves short in the moment, when we just have one more drink than we know when we that we should, when we just go out with that group of friends that we know are no good for us, when we just go that little bit further in the relationship and we know it's not right, we're selling our birthright and we're compromising our future. We're satisfying ourselves on absolute junk food for today and we are not considering the long-term plan for our life. So we need to be focused on our future and we need to make a choice to put into us today what is good, what is true, what is healthy, what is wholesome and that would be the word of the living God. Wowza, I think that we could stop right there, right? Because my answers are just super, super short and practical and all I can say is this, if you're feeling like you're running out of energy, can I ask you an honest question? How do you feel about going to the gym on the times that you're going to go? How do you feel about going to work out when you choose to do it. Chances are you don't want to do it. 
but chances are once you've been, don't you feel better? Like even in yourself, do you not feel so much more refreshed and stronger once you've been for a workout? And isn't it crazy how the very things that we often feel like we don't have any energy for are the very things that energize us to go and do that thing some more. And I think that that's what church is like. When you start to build a routine of just getting into the habit of being in church, being around the people who follow God in the same way that you do, being in and around a life group, it becomes energizing for you. At times it can feel like, oh, I haven't got the energy for this, but you know this is going to be good for you. So if it's good for you, my simple answer would be, then do it. Like, don't even allow it to become something that you question, but like build a habit and routine of, on this day I go to life group, yeah. on this day I go to church, it's on good. this day I'm checking out church online, on this day I'm going to be traveling to work and whilst I'm in the Uber I'm going to have the, you know, worry through worship playlist on. Just like whatever it is that you're doing yeah. in your daily life, make sure that you choose, make a choice that you're going to not allow following God to be the peripheral part of your world, but rather right up front and center. Yeah. So good, so so true, so practical when you think about it, right? And simple. Um, yeah, so for me, the antidote for um, carrying excessive weight would be this. If, if you went to the doctor, the doctor would say to you, you need to deal with this weight issue now and set yourself up for a better future. You need to follow a healthy eating plan. So if you went to speak to a doctor or a dietitian about carrying excess weight, they would say you need to make some changes now to set yourself up for a better and healthier future. They would say to you, you need to go on a healthy eating plan. And then they would look at your diet and they would suggest to you that you eat three healthy meals a day. That is not eating what you want when you want, that is eating what you need and when you need it. And over time, that excess weight will begin to come off you. Well, we can carry excess weight in the spirit. And so you might not think that unforgiveness is a problem right now but it will be in your future. And therefore we need to get into the Word of God and find out what the Word of God says to us about forgiveness. And therefore that excess weight will begin to come off. If you're carrying an offense, we need to do the same. That offense eventually will sit on you like excess weight. And we need to go and look in the Word of God and find out what the Word of God says. What effects is carrying offense? Because it has an effect on on your life it's going to have an unhealthy spiritual effect on you and so we need to go and we need to find out what the word of God says about carrying excess weight so the doctor will always suggest a balanced diet but the other thing that the doctor will always suggest to you is exercise you say you need to physically do something to shift that excess weight well the word of God tells us in James 1 it says that we're not just to be hearers of the word but we're to be doers also that we have to practically do something so what does that look like well it looks like saying sorry it looks like asking for forgiveness. It looks like showing love, even when you feel unloved yourself. Generosity, kindness, being servant-hearted, they are all actions that we can apply to our life. So as we 
eat the right food, as we digest the word of God, and as we begin to apply it to our lives and actively go and put our wrongs right, I promise you, your shape will begin to change and that excess weight will just begin to drop right off. You know, and in closing, I guess the question left to answer is, well, what do you do to protect your mindset? How do you ensure that as you follow Christ, that you don't become overcome with thoughts of negativity or you become the world's biggest critic about oftentimes a bunch of stuff that you not ne don't necessarily know a lot about. Like, how do you protect your mind so that you stay healthy? I think that Proverbs 13, 20 talks about how if you spend time with the wise, then you will also become wise. And I think that for me, if you really want to ensure that you protect your own mindset, I would say that you've got to run with the right people in life. I think that the old saying goes that if you want to soar with the eagles, then don't run with turkeys. Now I can relate to that. There's a few turkeys I know mentioning no names. No names. No, there's a bunch of people I could think of actually. Um, no, I'm joking. But, but here's the thing, like who you run with in life will determine the direction of your life. I mean, like, they're the people that can get you to where you want to be. And if you don't want to be Mr. Negative or Mrs. Naysayer or Mrs. Opinion about everything, then don't run with people that have an opinion about everything. Do you know what? You don't need an opinion. Some some people I know will get frustrated when I turn around and say to them, like, I don't even have an, I don't have an opinion on that. It is okay to not have an opinion. Hey, if you didn't love it, it's okay, but you don't need to shout to everybody how you didn't love the thing that they vehemently are against also. I mean, it's just like, you don't need to live life that way. And if we together are gonna grow in our individual fellowship of Jesus and also as a community of believers, it's gonna take us all to be committed to just having the right mindset because our mindset determines our attitudes and healthy churches exist when those that come to it have a healthy and positive mindset and attitude, a good outlook on life. How do you get that? I think in part, it starts by, well, if you wanna be wise, then run with the wise. Yeah. Because we don't want you to be taken out by some of these things that are, they're perfectly avoidable. Like we don't want you to fall away from God or fall away from church because of these things that actually, if we just spoke about them, you could avoid them completely. We want you to go from strength to strength in your faith life. We want you to feel like your relationship with God is growing and your life is being changed because of your authentic pursuit of Him. So as we together listen to this worship song, my ask of you is that you would evaluate your life right now. Like, how are you doing in your fellowship of Christ when you weigh it up against these vital signs?